places where there's so much humidity. Yeah. <laughs> right. Same. Mm, same. Same. New England, Same-ish. love visiting. Very humid. Yeah. New Orleans. Never been. Very uh, humid. My favorite place in the United States. The farthest south I've been is technically Atlanta, if we're counting airports, but North Carolina. Not counting airports. Not counting airports. No. That doesn't count. That feels like cheating. It is cheating. Okay. Like cheating. If you don't leave the airport. I did not. It was a connection. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you leave the airport, then yeah, you can. Right, right, right. No, it was a connection on the way to uh, Munich. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. I have been to Atlanta. It is hot. Hot Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. It's not a lie. Hot Atlanta. I had. So fucking hot. By the way, a guest called me today. Yeah. Looking for, you may have seen this on my Instagram story. I did. Uh, called me looking for airline information. I was like, well, let me get you the airline confirmation number. And then I read it out to her. And then she goes, all right, so that's G as in good, two as in, I don't know, two, the letter two. <laughs> and then kept on reading. Yep. <laughs> the letter two. Person, somebody apparently has not watched enough Sesame Street growing up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. She probably realized what she had done the second she did it. And she's like, two, like, the, the letter do. Yeah. God yeah. bless it. I've had, I had people do that mm-hmm. when I was working at a different call center. Mm-hmm. We had our own special alphabet we were supposed to use. You know, it's like. The, oh, sure. Disney had one. Yeah. Or is it like the Charlie Bravo kind of yeah, thing? That's but, native phonetic. Yeah. Um, but it, then some companies will come up with their, their own. Their own special. And that, that they had. It was like, I is an ice cream. I'm like, I would like to yeet yeah. into the sun. Like mine. Don't make me say Disney that. would have been like A is an Aladdin, B yeah. is oh, a Bambi, C which is a, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 I get that, it. I get it. That one makes more sense. It does. This was just a call center. Yeah, they wanted it to be a little bit more, you know, it's fun. Di- it's Disney. Than, well, I mean, even with yours, yeah. I can see a call center oh. wanting it to be like more fun for the customer because Native Phonetic is just very. Nobody liked it. I can tell you that, right? Nope. We didn't like doing it. And nobody liked hearing it. Oh, sure. Because a lot of the people were trying to call their attorneys. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That seems like a very appropriate place to be native. That's dumb. Yeah. So I usually did NATO instead Mm -hmm. because I'm like, everybody hates this. Nobody's in a good mood when they call me. I don't want to do that. We're not doing I as an ice cream. Or age isn't happy. Exactly. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I was like, M is in magic. F is in fun. Yeah. I was like, I will shut this building down with a giant tantrum. Get out of my face. C is in Cheshire Cat. I had a nightmare about the Cheshire Cat. D is in Dalmatian. Lame. Or Dalmatians or Daffy or Donald. Oh, Jesus. Although Daffy was Warner Brothers. Mm, Yes. Yeah. So D is in Donald. Mary Melodies. Uh, oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Are we recording? Oh, yeah. God, y'all are so bored right now. No. <laughs> no, we are. Bad. We're coming off of recording the Patreon from yesterday. Uh-huh. I'm just getting off of work. <laughs> You're just getting off of work. Uh, actually, I didn't work today. Oh, shit. Well, it's, it's Monday. just me, though. That's why. I didn't sleep. But so. it's my you didn't sleep. runaround day, so I've been right. running around all fucking day. Welcome to Ghosts and Hoes. Ghosts and Hoes. 
Get ready. Ghosts and Hoes, a paranormal podcast where we talk about all things spoopy. Ghosts and Hoes. Weird alphabet shit. Mm-hmm. Z's lack of sleep. Yeah. Randall's work day. Excessive work. Mm-hmm. Excessive work is a thing, so... Cryptids, motherfucking witchcraft, motherfucking aliens, yeah. and once upon a time, dicks. Dicks of yore. Once dicks upon a midnight. Of yore. D- dreary? Dreary. Yep. I see that you're wearing your, your Dahmer, Dahmer glasses today. I am. Yes, your Dahmer. Special Dahmer crushes. I was going to say how you really need to put your eyes on if you think that shirt is Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> no, no. My shirt is Black Panther. Right. No. My glasses are her yes. Dahmers. So, do we have any backhoes? Oh, yeah. Yay, backhoes. Does that count as a backhoe? I don't know. That's just a present that she needs to open. I, From you? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, do these. She's got to pull up a phone. Because I got sent this very hilarious thing. And... We need to share it with all of you. So, Ashley S. sent us a message on our Facebook. Mm-hmm. It was a one of the, it was supposed to be like, you know, an inspirational meme, mm-hmm. I think, because I don't know where it came from. I hope it's a joke, but I don't think it is. Uh, she said, that definitely doesn't mean what they think it means. So, the background oh, is a moonlit ocean night, and it says... Necrophilia, attraction to dark colors, a night with full moon or rainy days. Oh, like no. That's definitely not what that means. No. That is and that is amazing. Not what that means. Wow. And it is never great. I'm like, no. They should know what necro means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That just it. Tickled me. I'm like, that is unfortunate. Jesus Christ. Could you, ima- you imagine some youth that has never heard the word necrophilia before seeing that infographic meme situation be like, yes, I love na- the night <laughs> and the rainy days. I'm a total necrophiliac. And you're like, no. No. But also, I kind of want somebody to say I, that in front of I me. I kind of want to write that into a sketch. I feel like we should absolutely do right? that. Done and done. Done. Yes. Done and done and dunner. Dun dun. <laughs> Boo. Guys, oh, I'm so tired. boy, you are you are squirrely today. I went to sleep, like I told Randall, on the other side of 5 a.m. Oh, no. And I woke up at like 9.30. And then Just I, one of those nights? Yeah. And I showered and did my hair and I, I tried to take a nap. And it was like 20 minutes, and I somehow managed to hurt my neck in those 20 minutes. And her back. And the other two, I won't say. Yeah, no. Pudussy in the crack? Did you say bussy? I said the pudussy. Oh, okay. I was going to say, the <laughs> bussy is not what you think it means. Let's get an infographic for for D. Did, you, did I send either of you the video of Jamie Campbell Bauer reading thirst tweets about Vecna? No. Yes, you did. You did send that to me. So 
It's very funny. It was funny. He's like, Vecnussy, what is that? I'm like, oh, God. I was like, Jamie, bless your oh, boy. So well, he, he I learned, know what it is. He learned that day and was like, oh, no. It was great. Um, oh, and this was something that I meant to mention a while ago when we were talking about theme songs that we loved. Oh, sure. And I mentioned Eureka's Castle. The head writer for Eureka's Castle, R.L. Stein. That oh. makes so much sense. <laughs> it's one of my favorite random bits of information. That makes so much sense. He's like, Bobbert. I also Stein. learned I learned from somebody at Helium. Yeah. The B-52s wrote the theme song for Rocco's Modern Life. You didn't know that? No! I don't even you know can't hear it? Rocco's no. Modern Life is. Okay, first off, shame. Secondly, no. No. If you've heard, I don't listen to the B 52s. If you've heard really one B 52 song, I feel like you should be able to hear that and be like, I know that voice from somewhere. There's not really a lot of voice in that. Maybe it's because my mom is a huge B 52s fan. Yeah, see, I'm not. I didn't say I was. No, I my mom yeah. was. Right, right, right. No, like, I'm not. Neither was my mom. I didn't. Oh, okay. I got a lot of CCR, Stevie Nicks, nice. and Carly Simon exposure. I didn't get a lot of B-52s. Yeah, no. So it was just one of those things. And that's just also how my brain works. Sure. Because it's like, oh, you know that voice from somewhere. And then it just, like, does its little mental Rolodex. Oh, right, right, like, right. And it's like, oh, yes, yeah, B-52s. Yeah. He has a very, very. Very. It's a uh, Show your children. Rocco's Modern Life. I don't even know what it is. They were, it's a cartoon. It's a kid's show? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those early 90s It's an early 90s Nickelodeon show. for children, but also uh, for adults. It's extremely for adults. Um, oh, it's very funny. But yeah, his voice, because he does do the Rocco's Modern Life. Okay. All and right. he's the one in every single B-50. It's Fred Schneider? Something like, yeah, Fred something. He's the one that just does that. Okay. As big as a whale. B-52s did... Uh, Love Shack! Love Shack, okay. Lobs and Rock Lobster. It's all... Okay, got yeah. it. Now it makes sense. And then you can... Now you'll never be able to unhear it. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's already... It already yeah. happened. Yeah. It's already crapped. I think it's that I just haven't heard that song... Like, the, the, the time between... When you heard I was Rock listening to it Life. regularly, and then when and I now, learned what the B-52s yeah. were... Very big gap of time <laughs> right. in there. So. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that. I think I saw them at a fair one time. <laughs> that tracks. I think. Sounds about it right. It feels right. So they are of fair fame now. I if mean, at all. I, I, but I can't remember for sure. It might have been the zoo, mm. now that I think about it. I saw Modest Yahoo at the zoo. That's hilarious. How was mm-hmm. that? Took my kids. Good. Yeah? Good. I love him. Yeah. I like him a lot. So mm-hmm. he was in that one movie. He was what? He was in that one movie about the Dybbuk box. Yep. And I cannot remember the name of the movie now. Possession or something. Yeah. Yeah. He was in a movie that was fine. Yeah. It wasn't the best was, movie. No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Was that Jeffrey Dean Morgan in that movie? See, and now I got Kira Sedgwick, I think. All right. Sedgwick. Yeah, and one go. of the girls, one of the daughters, because they're divorced and they have two Recording. daughters. One daughter gets a garage, so she goes to a garage sale and buys this creepy old box, and it turns out there's a demon in it, and she gets possessed. I feel like it's just called something very basic, like possession. The possession. Yeah. See, it's possession. 2012, yeah. the possession, and it was Jeffrey Dean Moore, Morgan, Kira Sedgwick. Yep. 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 
Yep. Uh, I watched fucking... Uh, oh, Lights Out. I watched Lights Out today. Yeah. That's not a good movie. Yeah. <sighs> The short was better. The short, I think I've seen the short all the way through. I'm not 100% sure. It's only like two and a half minutes Okay, long. then I probably have. So I hope so. Uh, but yeah, that movie was not good. Ugh. I didn't, Just, uh, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. They didn't need to elaborate same. on the short. Yeah, it was what the thing was. It like, could have just they could have just killed more people with the thing. Yeah, kind of like it follows. Not really a whole lot of explanation to it. See, I did not like that movie. I didn't think it was the. I didn't think it deserved all the acclaim that it yeah. got. But similar to that, where it's just like, here's the thing that kills people. Yeah. Now we're gonna we watch people try to avoid getting killed. We don't need to explain it. Right. That's I like that. I'm like I don't need a ton of exposition. We don't need to humanize demons. It's okay. I don't yeah. need to know their backstory. Yeah. I mean, maybe sometimes, but don't don't give me too much. Mm-hmm. Let me let me make some of it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, more yeah. with the back house. Yeah, I got some. I got some more. Um, oh, when does this episode come out? This comes out on the thirty first. Perfect. Last so, day of the month. Starting on September sixth, I have made it to the voting round of a little competition called Faces of Horror. Which, if I win, I get to be in a photo shoot for Fangoria Magazine with Kane Hodder, a.k.a. Jason Voorhees. Uh, A trip to the Buffalo Bill house that was used in the movie. And money. (laughs) Most importantly of all. Most important of all. Money. Money. Mm -hmm. So, voting for that will start... September 6th, so okay. real cool if you guys will vote for me. And, and was this a, a screenplay that you submitted? No, this was just, somebody sent me a link to the contest. They're like, hey, you should enter this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, why not? And it was just like, tell us about yourself and what you would do with the money that you'd win. I'm like, so many things, so many How things. How much money is it? $13,000. Oh, damn. Yeah. And I think you also get a walk-on role in some somebody's movie or something. Cool. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, please, give unto me that. I just submitted some pictures and some information. They're like, next round. And then they're like, hey, guess what? You've made it to the last one. Love that. That's yeah. very cool. So that's fucking neat. Love that for you. Yeah. And then... Um, so y'all vote, 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 vote. Yes. As many times as you can vote. As I don't know the rules about it yet, but yeah, please. All of it. Share it. Vote it. Vote in it. Um, <laughs> vote it. Share vote it. it. Vote it. I also brought this. You're killing it right Thank now, you. by the way. I'm really trying. Um, oh I keep seeing this everywhere. Um, so remember how we tasted the space cola? Yeah. And it, I'm like, I don't know how you got that from space, but sure. This one is Dream World Coca-Cola. Jesus okay. fucking Christ. And I got zero sugar. You're welcome. Thank you. I was just thinking about you. What do the carbs look like? I don't know. It's diet soda, so none. Perf. Zero. Perf. Love it. uh, Yeah, it's a Dream World flavored Coca-Cola. Yeah, I'll drink the shit out of some cancer juice. Let's do this. No. ASMR. It doesn't say. Um, It smells like something, and I cannot tell you what. Because my brain is off today. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. a familiar smell. Sure, sure. Which is unfortunate that I can't remember. Take a sippy. Whippy dippy. <laughs> I I don't know. It's gonna be interesting because I brush my teeth in the shower. Oh. So I mean that that does track with a dream. 
because I don't know what it means. So, right? That face tells me you're trying it to think of it too. It almost like sweet tarty. Kind Fruity, of? almost. Fruity, okay. yes. It does not taste like fruit, though. Oh, doesn't <laughs> like. Does not like. Ooh, really doesn't like. What is that, it, what is it that is flavor? Sweet. It's sweet. It's, it's, it is fruity in a weird way, though. I, I do a, wonder how much of that has to do with the zero sugar aspects. Um, I don't know, because I had the last one, I had both. This smells like, I know exactly what this, this smells like runts. Yes. It smells like runts. Uh-huh. More specifically, a banana runt. Yes. That is exactly what it smells yeah, like. Yeah, it's it's real fruity, and it, but for me, it's just too sweet for me. It I doesn't like sweet. It doesn't have a banana-y aftertaste, but it does have a weird fruity aftertaste. Right. Just like the idea of fruit. Not a specific fruit. It's just like if someone told you what fruit fruity. was. Yeah. They're like, hey, it's fruit. This also tastes like runts. I have not eaten runts since I was like nine. Okay. But I only ate the bananas. Let's, let, so I'm I'll, with you on this. I'm going to share with you. I'm going to yep. build on what you just said. Thank you. Someone just described what fruit is. Yeah. Runts are, if you, if someone described to you what fruit was uh-huh. and then you flavored plastic that way. Yes. Yeah. There it yeah. is. Nailed it. Agreed. Agreed for sure. Nailed um, it. And then, um, well, well, should I open this? I have one more. Yeah. I'll do this first. Uh, can yes. I get the cap? Yeah. I have present. It's not. Oh, buddy! You already know what it is. It just finally arrived. So okay. I mean, Stop. you say I know, but my brain. Fair says, enough, ma'am. No, ma'am. Fair enough. Fair it's been enough. so long since I've had soda. Fair that enough. wasn't a cocktail. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. This now you know what now it is. Now I know. Thank you. It is, and it's almost sweatshirt time. It's getting there, so it was. You got a sweater. Yeah. Oh, and it's covered in glitter, Ooh, which is my favorite. Nice. It says abort the Supreme Court. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I am stoked to wear this. If it weren't 97,000 degrees yes. today, I would put it on right now. But it is, and I'll die. And I got one for you, for me, and Lamanda. Hell yeah. And so. then there's one last thing. Mammoth one man. last thing. So October 8th and 9th. You can come see us live and in person <laughs> at the Green River Conference and Events Center in Auburn, Washington for the Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest. Um, and the best part for all of you silly Santillis out there, uh, you, you can use our exclusive promo code, which is GHOSTS15, so GHOSTS, plural. And the one and the five. Uh, and you'll get 15% off your tickets. And we're also giving a, uh, giving away a pair of weekend passes. <gasps> nice. Nice. Excuse me. That was so incredible. <laughs> that sounded like it came from a I'm cartoon, spe- and I love it. I'm specifically sorry to you for not doing it that way. <laughs> right. Uh, I love it. Uh, but uh, yes, we are giving away a pair of weekend passes. So if you're in the Pacific Northwest or you feel like traveling, be sure to enter for your chance to win. All you gotta do is film a little clip telling us why you should win, and maybe you will. Love that. So get creative. Release your inner bat squatch. We believe in you. Totally and believe. FYI, 
<laughs> bonus point. We judge it, right? Yes, we do. Bonus points if you take that clip yeah. while subscribing to the show on a bunch of electronic devices. Also, and a Best yes. Buy. Also, if you can yes. manage both, also, man, yes. you are going to be high up there. Yeah. 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 Love that. Uh, yeah. And then the winner will be announced uh, September 14th. Let me look at a. Yeah. September 14th. We'll tell you who wins. Yeah. For 15% off promo code GHOSTS15. Yeah, yeah. What I do find funny about the electronic devices challenge Mm -hmm. is for people who live in the same city. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! Somebody's already... There's not another Best Buy for 45 minutes! I don't want to do this for a fucking sticker. Uh, Yeah, you do. You do. You do. You do, You do. And uh, I will not be in Washington, so if you were only coming for me, well, too fucking bad. <laughs> too bad, so sad. Too bad, mm-hmm. so sad. But we'll be there. We also, if you're there. only listening to this podcast for me, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, there's that. Much excite. Yeah, it's going to oh, be fun. Um, I I'd like to mention, give a shout out to one person okay, as well. Yeah. It's pnwtruecrimefest.com. We've got really great line, uh, really great guests, really yeah. great lineup. And if you've been listening to this show for any length of time and know of our coverage of the Black Dahlia murder, mm-hmm. well, guess who's going to be there? The Black Dahlia? George Hodel from oh. The Dead. Just kidding. His son, Steve Hodel, is going to be there. Steve Hodel's going to be there. So. So not the Black Dahlia? No. 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 R.I.P. So, anywho, oh, yeah, no, great lineup. So, yeah, come come on out and see us. Mm-hmm. And Randall has a shout-out. Uh, shout-out to Anna Lay. Yeah. I mentioned her real quick uh, yesterday when we were recording. Yes. She reached out and was very happy with oh, okay. stuff about we said about the Supreme Court. Yes, uh, and then said, you've been an amazing upgrade to the show, by the way. <laughs> yes. There you go. I've never met you, and I'm sure you're a nice person, but fuck you, Nick. <laughs> I showed him. I showed him the Basquatch and the Trick Babies uh-huh. art, and he was like, "I love it. That Basquatch is real sexual." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I kind of oh. made sure that he was uh, yoked out a little bit too sexy. It makes people a little." A little uncomfortable. A little comfy. Fair like, enough. why am I so attracted to bad squatch? So say we all. Nobody can explain it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> whomst among us. Whomst among us. Whomst. Whomst. Whomst among us is not attracted to the bad squatch. Tushy douche. Nice. It's going to keep happening. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that one sounded like a toot from here, though. <laughs> it's because it was little and I kind of forced it. <laughs> I really appreciate the line of hot dogs on your shirt that I'm looking at right now. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, my buddy Jake is very good at making very, very stupid shirts. That one is so good. Yeah. I'm here for that. Supposed to be shoes, as you were probably Uh, aware. I do love a good hot dog. Nobody should ever watch me eat one, though, because I eat hot dogs like Slimer. I found out recently you can get lettuce-wrapped hot dogs from Five Guys. Oh. I know. I know. I see your I mean, face I doing it. it. I get it. Because I love a lettuce-wrapped burger. I do, too. But hot dogs. I don't know how I feel about lettuce and hot dogs being together. It's good. I love that. I can right. see it. But, yeah. Um, If you can get a burger 
deconstructed in a bowl. Oh, that's that nice. five guys? Mm-hmm. Huh. Interessante. Interessante. Uh-huh. I've only been there one time and I did not love it. Oh, I don't love it either. It's just like as far it as all like, of the options in the I area. I have a necessity. Yeah. And it is to eat this very moment and there is five guys the end. Right. I get it. I get it. So uh, I believe you go first. I do. Look at me remembering things. Oh, I, I know. I know. I know. Okay, right? the burps are all silent now. So. <laughs> okay. Well, Sorry. Yeah. Until one ones. really surprises you. Oh, I'm end. like out. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's all done. Oh, well. Tis all done. I feel like I can smell one of them now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sorry. The best part is it just smells like dream world, I guess. And Well, that's, all right. That's all I smelled was just the same soda smell. That. Well, if that's a good thing, then I can just eat a bunch of eggs and sausages and drink that specific Coke for you oh, before okay. you get here. No, thanks. No? Nah. Mm, choices. That would add too much. <laughs> that's, yep. That's the mm, line. Choices. That's the line. That's what you're getting right now. That's what I'm saying. Oh. I, that was my lunch. Oh, okay. But yeah. all I got was the weird The dreamland. Smell. Egg and sausage with this lunch. This is the most disgusting one we've done so far. <laughs> it's bad. I'm sorry, everybody. It's fine. I've made this bad. It's not great. Are you smelling it too? No, I'm good. Okay, good. I'm good. Yeah. So, any hoops? Go. Do it. Get, get us out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, the air is moving, so we're good. That's true. Uh, yeah. So, for some reason, I was convinced that one of us had already covered this, but I looked, and apparently we have not. I get that. If like we that have, too. don't stop me and just let me. Just right. let me. Because sometimes it's like I'll see something and I'll swear it's already yeah. been done. I was like, did we do this? Or am I confusing our show with another podcast? Because that is probably what happened. Do you have like an Excel spreadsheet of topics? Excel spreadsheet? No. It's all handwritten in a notebook. Okay. But you desk. do have the list of topics. We are old okay. school. Yeah. Um, well, I started it back in 2019 because I had a blank. Mm-hmm. No- back before Excel. Yep. <laughs> Pre-Excel. But I was actually just, I had it in my hand because I was writing down quotes as we were recording oh, for okay. episode titles. Okay. And then I was like, oh, while I'm here, I may as well just write down what we're doing. Right. And then it just turned into that. Um, it's good to have. Ju- it's very truly, good to have. Truly is. And I looked through every single page, almost 200 episodes worth of- Is it just a list or do you have them sorted by a category? No, it's just a list. Okay. So it's like episode one, and then Danielle and me and whatever we covered, and just like that. It'd be fun to put together like an Excel sheet spread I mean, with all the topics. And if you want to do genres, that. I don't, but I might. I was like, if you want, I've got the, I've got it. I know you, you do. You can always do it. But yeah, so I looked anyway through many pages to double check. I was like, I feel like we did though. I'm like, well, I'm not seeing it on this master list, so fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> so this week, I'm going to tell you all about spontaneous human combustion and some cases of spontaneous human combustion. Ooh, yes. 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 I, f- I swear we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah, if you... Uh, but maybe not. Don't know what that is. We're getting... getting You're going to find out. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right off the bat. Because I said, first up, what the fuck is it? <laughs> Literally right here. What the fuck? Is spontaneous human combustion. Well, as it turns out, no one is 100% sure how to explain it. 
Uh, according to Segan's Medical Dictionary, spontaneous human combustion is a process in which a human body allegedly catches fire as a result of heat generated by internal chemical activity, but without evidence of an external source of ignition. 200 cases have been reported worldwide. It is not accepted as a real phenomenon by all scientists and often regarded as an urban legend. Hmm. And then it goes on to list some common features of the phenomena, which include uh, the body is completely or almost completely incinerated, but nearby furniture that would normally have been damaged um, at such temperatures remains intact. Damage is limited to the victim's clothing, floor, furniture, and ceiling where he or she died. Fire affects the torso. Any remaining unincinerated parts are of the extremities, such as the feet. Uh, No traces of fire accelerant or evidence of external cause. Victim is typically alone at time of death and thought to have been alive when the fire started. Goo. And there's little sign of struggle. Goo. Uh, The origins of spontaneous human combustion um, are largely credited to fellow of the Royal Society, Paul Rowley, who wrote an article for the scientific journal Philosophical Transactions in 1744. In his piece, Rowley describes spontaneous human combustion, a phrase he allegedly coined, as a process in which the human body allegedly catches fire as a result of heat generated by internal chemical activity, blah, blah, blah. There's somebody catches on fire and there's literally no other reason for it. Right, right, right. Uh, He also goes on to detail the mysterious death of Countess Cornelia Zangari de Bandy, which I will get to. What a great name. It's wonderful. Uh, But there there is evidence of spontaneous human combustion that predates Rowley's article by a few hundred years as it took place in the 1400s. However, it wouldn't be written about until 1641, nearly 200 years after the incident occurred. Uh, Thomas Bartholin, a Danish mathematician, theologian, and physician, and one of the discoverers of the human lymphatic system, as it turns out. Interessante. I was like, hmm, neat. Uh, He wrote a book about strange medical cases throughout history called the Historarum, (laughs) oh no, okay, Antomacarum Rerorium. Wow. Oh, Latin. Oh, Latin. (laughs) I'm real glad I didn't summon anything in that moment. (laughs) I was just going to say Rerorium. What's the witch burning book? Magnificarum, something Magnificarum? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maleficus. Maleficus Magnificarum. Yeah, there it is. Okay. My brain is like, <laughs> it's kind of like one of those little plastic sets of teeth that you wind up and it just chatters. Uh-huh. That's what's happening in my brain okay. today. It's just, that's it. Well, Duly noted. Or like one of those little wind up puppies or the scary monkeys with the symbols. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Just my brain's full of those today. I don't know who designed that monkey, but they can. Yeah. It's creepy as fuck. Short walk. Monkey shines. Yeah. 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 Long, long walk, walk, short pier. Thank you. Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> a short walk off a long pier. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title? Probably. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. keep on walking. Yeah. <laughs> walking. Take like two steps out. Yeah, you just stand there. That's fine. Stay there. It's for... cold. That's why. You stay there until you die. <laughs> <laughs> At which point you're free to choose whatever you want. <laughs> I don't care how, (laughs) but you stay there until you do. Oh, bless. So anyway, (laughs) in said book, 
He wrote about the strange case of Polonus Vorstius, which, again, I will get to in a bit, so just stick a pin in that guy's name. Polonus? Polonus Vorstius. So we got two names Sounds we like need if to you stick a pin now. in it, yeah. it's gonna hurt. Well, no. <laughs> Polonus. That was the, the daddiest dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's gonna hurt. Okay. Balonus, Polonius, Balonus. Hi, Polonus, I'm dad. <laughs> Penis. <laughs> what? You ever heard those dad jokes? It's like, dad, I'm hungry. And he's like, hi, hungry, That's I'm right. dad. Stupid. <laughs> Just keep chattering. <laughs> Just keep chattering in there. That one, that one wasn't me. Yeah, no. It's really never. I, I started that. You, you did this to yourself and everyone that. listening. You I did it. I did. Hey, hey, guess who started the fire? It was Danielle. <laughs> We've been waiting 30 some odd years to find an answer to that song, and guess what? <laughs> it's been Danielle the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Balonius Polonius. Mm-hmm. Yep, All that's right. exactly his name. I stuck, I stuck a pin in it. You did. And pin it. Polonius. Mm. Uh huh. See. <laughs> pin the tail on the Polonius. And right. So there's that. <laughs> My whole fucking point in the beginning. This episode's never gonna get done. It's truly not. Oh god. It's truly not. I'm like oh, maybe halfway shit. through the first oh, page. Yeah, okay. Shut up. <laughs> I don't think it's anybody's problem today. It's just a collective situation. Oh, shit. Fuck fire now. Exactly. Fire, quite literally. Uh, Go. Spontaneous human combustion became a fairly popular plot point in Victorian works of fiction. Uh, In fact, Charles Dickens wrote a novel called Bleak House in 1853, where the swindling drunkard character Mr. Crook meets an untimely end after spontaneously bursting into flames. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Dickens was chastised at the time uh, for promoting something seen as scientifically false, yeah. uh, including by one of his homies who was a scientist. He's like, hey, buddy, that's not a real thing. Uh, but other people came to Dickens's defense and they're like, no, we've heard about it. And Dickens himself. Didn't you hear about old Polonius? Pointed out no less than 30 recorded cases of the phenomena that had been reported throughout history at the time. He's yeah. like, see? See? Because clearly, since it was written down, it very much is real and happened. Yes. So, there's that. Um, Another fun fact about the Victorian era and spontaneous human combustion. Writers and physicians of the time believed it was a result of alcoholism. Interessante. Yes. In Medical Jurisprudence, a book published in 1823, similarities between recorded cases of SHC... Mm-hmm. were listed as uh, the victims are chronic alcoholics. They are usually elderly females. The body has not burned spontaneously, but some lighted substance has come into contact with it. Mm. Uh, the hands and feet usually fall off. The fire has caused very little damage to combustible things in contact with the body. So like chair, areas. Yeah. bed. Uh, the combustion of the body has left a residue of greasy and fetid ashes, Gross. very offensive in odor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the centuries and a few hundred presumed cases, scientists are still arguing 
over what could cause someone to spontaneously combust, and if the phenomena even exists at all. Um, if you think about the human body and how it's mostly made up of water, you mm-hmm. kind of start to think, hey, maybe people suddenly bursting into flames from the inside out for no reason is really weird, actually. Right. And it's a very good point that most scientists agree with. Uh, in more recent years, some of those same scientists point to something known as the Wick effect as being the potential and or probable cause behind SHC. Uh, according to How Stuff Works, the Wick effect is described as when, it, when lit by a cigarette, smoldering ember, or other heat source, the human body acts much like an inside-out candle. A candle is composed of a wick on the inside surrounded by a wax made of flammable fatty acids. The wax ignites the wick and keeps it burning. In the human body, the body fat acts as the flammable substance, and the victim's clothing or hair acts as the wick. As the fat melts from the heat, it soaks into the clothing and acts like a wax-like substance to keep the wick burning slowly. Scientists say this would explain why victims' bodies are destroyed, yet their surroundings are barely burned. Huh. Yes. So to put this theory to the test, forensic scientist Dr. John DeHaan decided to do a little televised experiment on BBC One's QED, uh, which was a popular half-hour science show. And he's going to burn Um, a body? (laughs) Yes. In 1998, he wrapped a pig carcass in cloth, uh, because they are most similar to human beings in that regard. Sure. Um, And since they can get very large... Absolutely. their skin and situation is the closest to burning a human body without, you know, doing that. Because it is frowned upon. Weird. Very much don't do it. Very much don't burn bodies Very much don't do that. Um, So the pig's body, again, which was used as a stand-in for a human victim of spontaneous human combustion... Uh, while it was burning, Dahan noted how the animal's fat had liquefied, which in turn literally added more fuel to the fire. Okay. After around five hours, the flames were extinguished, and all that was left of the pig, aside from ashes, were his feet. Which sounds pretty weird, but it's incredibly common in alleged cases of spontaneous human combustion. Why? Uh, because extremities like hands and feet don't have as much fat as the trunk of the body, and that makes them less likely to burn in instances of spontaneous human combustion or the wick effect. Okay. Because they don't have enough fat. So what he's saying is that there was an external source. Well, there yes, because he doused it in gasoline. Right. So he was just trying to see about the wick effect and if that could be the cause of spontaneous human combustion. Okay. If there's not, like... He's like, mm, no, I'm not buying the whole thing. So okay. um, once the experiment was over, Dr. DeHaan said, the sort of damage here is exactly the same as that from supposed spontaneous human combustion. So he's like, the wick effect is most likely what people are confusing for spontaneous human combustion. There is going to be some external source, whether you know it or not, that's going to keep this body burning because... The fat is liquefying and keeping it going. But how does it catch on fire in the first place? Well, there's plenty of potential reasons. Okay. Lit cigarettes. Uh, something yes. like that. Like like an ember from somewhere okay. that maybe catches on your clothes and you just don't know. And then you're on fire. Then you're in fuego. Exactly. Uh, so Dr. DeHaan is far from the only modern day scientist to delve into the what ifs and whys of potential 
or the potential of spontaneous human combustion. But if I covered all of them, we would be here for an eternity. And I feel like we already have that going for us today. Uh, but it's a super interesting phenomenon to look into, scientifically speaking. So I definitely recommend looking into it further if you are interested in the science behind it. Science. She's blinded me. Exactly. So that aside, what the fuck is the cause of spontaneous human combustion? That. Aside from the wick effect, there are a few alternative theories. Again, I'm not going to share them all in detail because there are many. Do it. And I also know what y'all are really here for. The actual cases. The actual cases. The examples. Uh, But first, just a little bit more potential science. Some proposed causes of spontaneous human combustion, aside from the wick effect, include alcoholism, obesity, poor health, static electricity, Bacteria, Mm. suicide via self-immolation, or inhaling slash ingesting any form of phosphorus, which can lead to the formation of the highly flammable compound phosphine. Okay. So these are all just basic ideas that people have thrown out over the years. They're like, maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. Because alcoholism is just the buildup of... uh, You're pickled. Flammable. You're flammable. From the inside out. Maybe that's why. Uh, In 2012, author and research biologist Brian J. Ford decided to look into SHC for himself, piggybacking, pardon the pun, (laughs) off of Dr. uh, Dr. DeHaan. Why is that hard to say right now? Because words are hard. It's true. Dr. DeHaan's experiment, Ford and his team formed uh, the abdominal tissue of pigs into scale models of humans, put clothes on the figures, and essentially marinated them, not in gasoline, but acetone for a week and then set them on fire. Okay. According to Ford, they burned to ash within half an hour. Yeah, it's like an acetone. Exactly. The remains, a pile of smoking cinders with protruding limbs, were exactly like the photographs of human victims. The legs remained, we think, because there is too little fat for much acetone to accumulate. For the first time, a feasible cause of human combustion has been experimentally demonstrated. Okay. But why acetone? Ford explains his theory, saying, If the body's cells are starved, which can occur during chronic illness and even during a workout at the gym, acetyl-CoA in the liver is converted into acetoacetate, which can decarboxylate into acetone. Good old decarboxate. And acetone. To making edibles. And acetone is highly flammable. Mm -hmm. A range of conditions can produce ketosis, in which acetone is formed, including alcoholism, fat-free dieting, diabetes, and even teething. So we marinated pork tissue and acetone rather than ethanol. So basically Ford believes that the accumulation of acetone in the fattier tissues of the human body, whether it's from diet, alcoholism, diabetes, whatever, could potentially lead to spontaneous human combustion. Those on the keto diet shouldn't worry too much. Too I'm much. not worrying at all. As Ford also wrote that, so does this mean that victims of ketosis are likely to spontaneously combust? Hardly. There are only about 120 cases on record throughout history, so it is vanishingly rare. On the other hand, there would be an argument against people with ketosis wearing synthetic fibers on dry days and a new argument to give up smoking. Fair. Which? Smoking bad. Yes. Uh, Some less likely causes that have been thrown into the ring. For one, 
Uh, a man named John Abrahamson, he's a New Zealand-based chemical engineer, believes spontaneous human combustion could potentially be caused by ball lightning, saying, This is circumstantial only, but the charring of human limbs seen in a number of ball lightning cases are very suggestive that this mechanism may also have occurred where people have had limbs combusted. Okay. But my personal favorite theory? Poltergeist. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> in the That's it. In the 1976 book, Fire from Heaven, uh, an author under the pen name Michael Harrison, his real name is Maurice Desmond Rohan. He's written like science fiction and stuff. Okay. Uh, he writes that the force which activates the poltergeist originates in and is supp supplied by a human being and goes on to conclude that... SHC, fatal or non-fatal, belongs to the extensive range of poltergeist phenomena. Yes. You had me in the first half. Not gonna lie. But no, probably not related. Probably probably not related, friend. Um, I just really, really enjoyed that idea, though. Uh, I love it. He's like, yeah, poltergeist activity comes from a human person. I'm like, yeah, exactly. And he's like, and that is why it is responsible for responding. No, you almost had me. And now, the part that you've all been waiting for. Some examples of alleged cases of spontaneous human combustion. And grab that pin, because it is time. The first recorded case of SHC was that of Italian knight Polonus Vorsius. In 1470, Polonus decided to enjoy a, a few glasses of extra strong wine, but it didn't seem to agree with him, and he started feeling ill pretty quickly. Uh, then, he it said he belched fire at oh. the table with his parents and burst into flames. Nearly 200 oh. years later, Bartholin wrote about the demise of poor Polonus Vorstius, that the claims are regarded as being highly exaggerated and impossible to confirm. Um, in 1725... French landlord of the Lion Dior Inn, Jean Millet, and his wife Nicole were getting ready for bed. Uh, Jean had turned in, but Nicole decided to stay up a while longer, and Jean thought nothing of it, and just assumed that his wife was going to stay up and drink, as she was quite well known to do. Oh, boy. The lady liked her spirits. Mm. Um... Jean woke up to the smell of smoke and immediately scrambled to get all of the inn's guests to safety. Eventually, Mrs. Millet's body was discovered in the kitchen, almost completely incinerated, save part of her head, some intestines, and her legs. Oh, boy. Though there was minimal damage to the chair she was in or the room around her. Authorities arrived and promptly arrested Jean Millet on the suspicion of murdering his wife. However, he was acquitted thanks to the testimony of eventual surgeon, Dr. Claude Nicolas Laquette, who claimed that everything about Nicole's death pointed to spontaneous human combustion. Uh, this is another case that seems to have been garbled like a game of telephone over the last couple of centuries, but here we are. Uh, next up, it's back to Countess Cornelia Zangari de Bandy. Yes. <laughs> In 1731, the body of the Italian noblewoman was discovered early one morning by her maid, who had spent a few hours praying and gabbing with the countess the night before. In 1745, Paul Rowley, we remember him from the beginning, mm -hmm. he described the event in great detail for the philosophical transactions of the Royal Society. Uh, after translating the case study, Opinion on Cause of Death of Lady Countess Cornelia Zangari, 
written by a Veronese historian, Giuseppe Bianchini, in 1731. In Rowley's article, he wrote, The Countess Cornelia Bandy, in the 62nd year of her age, was all day as well as she used to be, but at night was observed, when at supper, dull and heavy. She retired, was put to bed, where she passed three hours and more in familiar discourses with her maid, and in some prayers, at last falling asleep, the door was shut. In the morning, the maid, taking notice that her mistress did not awake at the usual hour, went into the bedchamber and called her. But not being answered, doubting of some ill accident, opened the window and saw the corpse of her mistress in this deplorable condition. Four feet distance from the bed, there was a heap of ashes, two legs untouched from the foot to the knee with their stockings on. Between them was the lady's head, whose brains, half of the back part of the skull, and the whole chin were burnt to ashes, amongst which were found three fingers blackened. All the rest was ashes, which had this particular quality uh, that they left in the hand when taken up a greasy and stinking moisture. Ew! Yeah. The air in the room was also observed cumbered with soot floating in it. A small oil lamp on the floor was covered with ashes, but no oil in it. Uh, Two candles in candlesticks upon a table stood upright. The cotton was left in both but the tallow was gone and vanished. Huh. So the wicks did not ignite, but, but the, the fat, fat melted. Um, somewhat of moisture was about the feet of the candlesticks. The bed received no damage. The blankets and sheets were only raised on one side as when a person rises up from it or goes in. The whole furniture, as well as the bed, was spread over with moist and ash-colored soot, which had penetrated into the chest of drawers, even to foul the linens. Nay, the soot was also gone into a neighboring kitchen and hung on the walls, movables, aid utensils, some of it. From the pantry, a piece of bread covered with that soot and brown-black was given to several dogs, all which refused to eat it. Ew. In the room above it was moreover taken notice that from the lower part of the windows trickled down a greasy, loathsome, yellowish liquor, and thereabout they smelled like a stink without knowing of what, and saw the soot flying around. It was remarkable that the floor of the chamber was so thick smeared with a gluish moisture that it could not be taken off, and the stink spread more and more through the other chambers. This sounds absolutely disgusting. I can only imagine what that fucking smell was like. Uh, Yeah, no thank you. Gross. Uh, But they think that she got up sometime in the night to open the window and... Poof. Exploded. Into flames. Just, just her stock and feet and a few burned fingers. Gross. And some skull. Yeah. Now, when you think of spontaneous human combustion, the first image that comes to mind is most likely that of Mary Reeser of St. Petersburg, Florida. Mm-hmm. In July of 1951, Mary's landlord was checking on the residents of her apartment complex and noticed that the doorknob to Mary's unit was unusually hot. After ha- like she heard no response from Mary, so she called the police. And when they arrived, they discovered what was left of Mary's body: mm-hmm. a pile of ash, her skull, and one leg in her armchair. Mm-hmm. The chair was destroyed by the fire as well. 
And after investigating, spontaneous human combustion was eventually ruled out by the FBI as a cause of death, with professionals citing that Mary, a slightly overweight 67-year-old smoker, had taken a couple of sleeping pills and fallen asleep with a lit cigarette. Okay. According to her daughter-in-law, the cigarette dropped to her lap, her fat was the fuel that kept her burning, the floor was cement, and the chair was by itself. There was nothing around her to burn. Mm -hmm. So, most likely, the wick effect yep. in play. Uh, in 1970, 89-year-old widow Margaret Hogan was found dead in her Dublin home. She was, like Mary Reeser, found in an armchair, and all that remained of poor Margaret, aside from ashes, were both of her legs, which were undamaged from the knees down. Uh, some plastic flowers on a table in the middle of the room had liquefied, while her TV screen, which was about 12 feet from her chair, had completely melted. Uh, despite a neighbor mentioning a small fire burning in the coal grate during their visit the day before, investigators found no signs that it had caused the fire that killed Margaret. Uh, her cause of death was officially listed as death by burning, but the cause of the fire itself remains unknown. Hmm. Uh, in 1980, the ashen remains of 73-year-old Henry Thomas were discovered in the living room of his home in South Wales. All that remained of him? his skull, and portions of both legs again below the knees. This time, though, remnants of his socks and trousers were still intact, and half of the chair he'd been found in was destroyed. Uh, after an investigation, Henry Thomas's cause of death was found to be the result of the wick effect. Cute. Yes. In, oh, this one's a little bit of a bummer. Um, I mean, they're all a bummer, but you'll see. Uh, in 1982, British 61-year-old Jean Lucille Jeannie Safin Aww. became a victim of spontaneous human combustion. Jeannie, whose birth defects uh, left her with me the mental abilities of a child, oh, no. was at home with her brother-in-law, Don Carroll, and her father, Jack Safin, when she suddenly burst into flames at the kitchen table. Uh, Don would later say that the flames were coming out of Jeannie's mouth and oh, no. that she was roaring like a dragon. Like she was making roaring sounds like a dragon as oh. flames shot out of her mouth. Bless it. Flame, flame, flames. <laughs> on the side of on my the face. Side of my face. Uh, the men acted quickly, throwing water on Jeannie to extinguish the flames. She was rushed to the hospital, uh, but fell into a coma and died from bronchopneumonia due to burns eight days later. And I'm horrible because all I'm hearing is Jean, Jean, eh, in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, horrible person. Yes. <laughs> Both men would later claim that there was no source present to have caused Jeannie to catch on fire and further explained that her clothes hadn't been damaged, nor was there any smoke damage to the kitchen. Of course, there are many detractors to this case as well, with skeptics citing melted nylon clothing as the cause of Jeannie's third degree burns. They also point to her father's pipe as the possible cause of the fire, saying that when Mr. Safin emptied the tobacco from his pipe, a lit ember landed on Jeannie's clothing and caught them mm -hmm. on fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it should be noted that the autopsy didn't report any burns to Jeannie's mouth and that her clothes had indeed been burned during the fire that eventually took her life. Oof. So she had been wearing some form of nylon clothing and it just caught fire. Um, when her family members suggested that Jeannie was a potential victim of SHC, Dr. John Burton said in no uncertain terms that there is no such thing. Okay. The most recently reported case, uh, potential case of mm. spontaneous human mm -hmm. combustion was the 2010 death of 76-year-old Michael Faherty. 
Mr. Fahirdy. He is in Ireland. Fahirdy. <laughs> he was found totally burnt on the living room floor of his home in Galway, Ireland. Uh, his head was near the fireplace, but it was ultimately concluded that it hadn't caused his death. Okay. There were no traces of any accelerants found on the scene. No foul play was suggested. And the only things that were damaged, aside from poor Mr. Fahiri, were the floor beneath him and the ceiling above him. Coroner Dr. Kieran McLaughlin investigated all possibilities, but ultimately decided that Michael Faherty was a victim of spontaneous human combustion, saying, This fire was thoroughly investigated, and I'm left with the conclusion that fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion, for which there is no adequate explanation. Uh However, Mike Green, a retired pathology professor, disagrees with Dr. McLaughlin's findings and the idea of spontaneous human combustion itself, believing that there's always a source to the fires, even if one can't immediately be found. Okay. Um, Because most of the time, when you get to the scene of somebody that has been burnt Mm -hmm. in some kind of fire, if you can't find an accelerant, there's not really going to be any evidence of anything else. Right. So they're like, "Mm -hmm." whatever evidence there was burned up. So we don't, we can't tell you the cause, but it's fire somehow. <laughs> it was, it's it, definitely, I can tell fire. you one thing for sure. Definitely fire. Totally fire. Aside from that, mm, poltergeists. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Hundopi. Hundopi. Poltergeist. Hundopi. <laughs> so while he didn't work on the case, uh, Mike Green did research it and shared, there is a source of ignition somewhere, but because the body is so badly destroyed, the source can't be found. Mm-hmm. This is the picture which is described time and time again. Even the most experienced rescue worker or forensic scientist takes a sharp intake of breath when they come across the scene. I think if the heavens were striking in cases of spontaneous combustion, then there would be a lot more cases. I go for the practical, the mundane explanation. There are also a handful of people who claim to have survived spontaneous human combustion. Oof. Though most folks regard those claims as dubious at best. At best. At best. Uh, Spontaneous combustion does exist on its own. Uh, Apparently hay bales are notorious for spontaneously catching on fire out of nowhere. That is true. Uh, So are oily rags, hot laundry in the right conditions, compost, compost, mulch, leaf piles, and manure Mm -hmm. have all been known to just spontaneously burst into flames. Um, But what about spontaneous human combustion? Is it real? Or is it a sensationalized myth with entirely reasonable explanations? According to science writer and deputy editor of the Skeptical Inquirer magazine, Benjamin Radford, spontaneous human combustion is highly unlikely. He says, if SHC is a real phenomenon and not the result of an elderly or infirm person being too close to a flame source, why doesn't it happen more often? There are 5 billion people in the world today in 1987. And yet we don't see reports of people bursting into flame while walking down the street, attending football games, or sipping a coffee at a local Starbucks. And that is spontaneous human combustion. Interessante. Yeah. Yes, and the, I can't remember, I didn't write their name down, but somebody, it was like a fire chief or something, mm-hmm. was talking about how um, spontaneous human combustion, like the just the theory of it in general, has led people to kind of like question spontaneous combustion in general. Mm-hmm. Two different 
Two different things. Mm-hmm. Two different things. Yeah. Um, hay bales will combust mm-hmm. if they are baled when the hay isn't totally dry. Yep. When it is right. damp. And it's yeah. too tight. Yeah, because mm-hmm. then the moisture gets in there yep. and it creates... Yep. There were also cases, um, like I, I covered one and I can't remember. Maybe that's why I thought I had already covered this. I think it was in the Halloween episode, maybe. There was an actress whose dress caught on fire and she had to go to the hospital and then she ended up dying from her injuries. But it's because of like um, somebody flicked a cigarette and Mm. she didn't realize that it was on her, the train of her dress. Got it. And so she was like literally smoldering and had no idea where it came from. And then they found out they're like, ah, it was a cigarette. So stuff like that can be the cause of it. Um, Nobody knows. Nobody knows. There was actually a case uh, of the wick effect in a murder in Oregon. Oh. Yeah, in the early 90s in Medford. Ooh. Yeah, this woman was murdered. Her body was left in the woods and happened upon by a couple of hikers. Again, this is why we don't need to go hiking, Mm because we will find things like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But her body had been smoldering for like 13 hours. Oh, God. Gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, they eventually caught the guy and clearly went to jail, but... um, yeah, and they, they're like, yeah, it was the wick effect caused her to literally smolder smolder for 13 hours. Gross. Because they thought, they were like, well, they did happen upon a murder scene. And they're right. like, we must have just missed them because, holy Smoring. shit, like she's, you know, like somebody lit this woman on fire. Right. He did, in this case, she was, they, he did burn her body. But for 13, like 13 tried hours. To. <laughs> 13 hours previously. Try to. He mostly succeeded. But. He mostly succeeded. But yeah, the wick effect was what kept her Interesting. burning for so long. Interesting. Right? I know. I was like, okay, so I get the wick effect. I get mm-hmm. that. But also, some of the times, how did they start That's my thing. Like, burning. Right. But yeah, I remember in like... The Florida woman was a smoker, yes. though, because I, yes. I know yes, that she story. Was. So. Yes, she was. And they are... 99% sure that, um, I think it was maybe her son or son-in-law had also said something about how she hadn't eaten that day and took her sleeping pills mm-hmm. on an empty stomach and then was sitting in her chair smoking. And, and that night. Yep. Wick effect. Wick effect. The wick effect, which is a very, I there were so many other places that explained it and I'm like, I don't. What? How, what are you saying to me? Right. But the one, how stuff works. It was definitely more layman's terms. Yeah. Which I was, was like, thank like, you. like, okay, this I understand. Thank Got you it. for that. Just an inside out candle where your clothes are the wick yeah. and your fat is the flammable it's, source. It's not complicated. Jesus yeah. Christ. I'm like, please, please don't make it harder on me than it already is. Right. Uh, my Very sources, cool. right? Uh, my sources nps.gov, bbc.com, ranker.com, Keith Burnside, and another article by Albie Thompson, history.com, grunge.com, Christopher Gates. Every wiki in the entire land. Yes, all of them. Every 500. One. Yes. No less than. Yes. That was uh, me yesterday. <laughs> 500 wikis. Yes. Uh, gizmodo.com, Esther Inglis Arkell, brianjford.com, Brian J. Ford. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, news.bbc.co.uk, livescience.com, Tanya Lewis, and another article by Benjamin Radford, anomalyinfo.com, Garth Haslam, newsscientist.com, Tim Thwaites, 
mysticsciences.com, Elijah Macy, thedetailedhistory.com, allthatsinteresting.com, Chrissy Howard, science.howstuffworks.com, Stephanie Watson and Mark Mancini, and medicaldictionary.thefreedictionary.com, uh, a piece from Segan's <laughs> Medical Dictionary. Delightful. Right? I'm just Very like, fascinating. What? Because I remember seeing those in like, what were those, like, the, you know, not the National Geographic, but they were the books. I have some of them. The encyclopedia. Like the Time no, Life. The, oh, 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 The Time oh, Life oh, books oh, oh. of like mysteries yes. and stuff. My grandma had those. I loved yeah. those books. I have two of them. They were my favorite. There, I have one on UFOs and I think another one on like ancient Egypt, yeah, that's maybe? what I was thinking. I was, I was, I was yeah. almost saying like the the yeah. Britannica. Yes, the but, ta- the Time Life books. Yes, that's and what it like is. those and kinds of series things. of them. Yeah, and the UFOs pictures. And, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and that picture of Mary Reeser is like one of the most infamous photos yes. when people talk about spontaneous human combustion. Even if you think you've never seen it, you probably have. Yeah, right? If you've ever looked up anything about spontaneous human combustion, which is another one of those things that felt like it was going to be a lot more of a concern when you grew up, Mm -hmm. like growing up in like the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the things like, you know, piranhas and quicksand and spontaneous human combustion were all made to seem like very real threats at every turn. Yeah, yeah, don't go in the woods, you're going to hit quicksand. Exactly. Can't, I mean, and then you can't get out. You'll never escape. No. You're going to die in there. You're going to die in there. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, just who knows? Is it real? I don't know. I don't know. People, pl- at least. The wick effect is, I mean, that's. That, absolutely real. Yeah. So, absolutely real. But you if you can, can you spontaneously combust from the inside out with no external factors? Poltergeists. Mm. In your blood. Exactly. You have poltergeists in your blood. Yeah, poltergeists in your blood. Do uh, cocaine Spontaneously about it. combust about it. Yes. So. so the only way to get the demons out yeah. is to combust into flames. Yep. Straight up. Well, I, I have a story. I love that. Do you? I, I love do. that for everybody. I do. Most especially me. I do. <laughs> I do. So today. I can just turn off my brain and listen as well. Yes. Why. Today. I'm <laughs> More off Talk about one of the. OG Black Widows. Oh. Marianne Cotton. Nice. So we all know the definition of a Black Widow. Um, a woman that kills her mate, usually for money or just flat out serial killer and moves on to the next. Well, Marianne Cotton is right up there with the best of them. Marianne allegedly murdered as many as 21 victims, including oh. 11 of her own 13 children, three husbands, her mother, two lovers, and a friend. Uh, she lived off the estates of the husbands she murdered, so let's go. Marianne Robson was born. What was that face for? Robson. Mm. <laughs> Close enough. Was born on October 31st, 1832, making her a Scorpio, so this whole story tracks. <laughs> At Low Morsley County, Durham, to parents Margaret Lonsdale and Michael Robson, who supported his family as a coal miner. Her sister Margaret was born in 1834, but lived only a few months, and her brother Robert, born in 1835. When Marianne was eight, her parents moved the family to the county Durham village of Merton. At the time of her eventual trial, the Northern Echo published an article containing a description of Marianne as given by her childhood 
Wesleyan Sunday School Superintendent at Merton, describing her as a most exemplary and regular attender, a girl of innocent disposition and average intelligence, and distinguished for her particularly clean and tidy appearance. Shortly after their move to Merton, Marianne's father Michael fell 150 feet to his death down a mine shaft at the Merton Colliery. Colliery. It's a coal mine. It's C O. It's Colliery. C O L L I E R Y. It's just a fancy British way of saying coal mine. Yeah. In February of 1842, Michael's body was sent home to Marianne's mother in a sack bearing the stamp property of the South Hetton Coal Company. The cottage that they lived in was tied to Michael's job. It was a miner's cottage on the property, so the widowed Margaret and her children would soon be evicted. In 1843, Margaret remarried a man named George Stott, who was also a coal miner. And at 16, Marianne left home to become a nanny in the home of Edward Potter in the nearby village of South Hatton. Potter was a manager at the Merton coal mine where her father and stepfather worked. After all of the Potter children had been sent to boarding school in Darlington over the next three years, Marianne returned to her stepfather's home and started training as a dressmaker. In 1852, 20-year-old Marianne married a coal mine coal. Hmm. <laughs> I was born a coal miner's daughter. She married a coal miner named William Mowbray at Newcastle-upon-Tyne Register Office, and they soon moved to southwest England. At the time of her trial, there were reports of four or five of their children dying young while they were living away from County Durham. Mm -hmm. So none of these deaths are registered, however, because even though registration was required at the time, the law itself was not enforced until 1874. So the only birth recorded... On paper was that of their daughter, Margaret Jane, who was born at St. Germans in 1856. Okay. So William and Marianne moved back to northeast England, where William worked as a fireman aboard a steam vessel sailing out of Sunderland, then as a coal mine foreman. Margaret Jane died in 1860, and then their daughter, Isabella, was born in 1858. Another daughter, also named Margaret Jane, was born in 1861, then a son, John Robert William, was born in 1863, but died the very next year from gastric fever. Ooh. Then, Marianne's husband, William, died of an intestinal issue in January of 1865. Mm -hmm. The lives of William and their children were all insured by the British and Prudential Insurance Office, and Marianne collected a payout of £35 on William's death, an equivalent of just under $4,000 today, which was about half a year's wages for manual labor at the time, and 25 pounds for John Robert William. Okay. So soon after Mowbray's death, Marianne moved to Seaham Harbor County, Durham, where she struck up a relationship with a married man named Joseph Natras. Yeah, boy. During this time, her three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, the second Mary Jane, died of typhus fever, leaving Marianne with one child of up to the nine that she may have already had. Yeah, boy. She returned to Sunderland and got a job at the, very long word, mm -mm. Sunderland Infirmary, House of Recovery for the Cure of Contagious Fever Dispensary and Humane Society. That's so many words. Put that, that I... on, on, on a sign mm -hmm. out in front of your building. Jesus. <laughs> 
And she then sent her only surviving child, Isabella, to live with her mother. One of her patients at the infirmary was an engineer named George Ward. And in surprise to no one, they were married at St. Peter's Church, Monk Wearmouth, on August 28, 1865. Also, in no surprise to anyone, um, Ward continued to suffer from poor health. Weird. Post-marriage and died on October 20th. 1866, after a long illness that was characterized by paralysis and intestinal problems. Uh oh. I'm sure we're all beginning to see the pattern here. Yeah. The cause of death recorded on his death certificate is English cholera and typhoid. Mm -hmm. The attending doctor later gave evidence that Ward had been very ill, yet he had been surprised that his death was so sudden. Once again, Marianne collected insurance money on her husband's death, and was on to husband number three. Oh, Lord. James Robinson was a shipwright at Pallion in Sunderland, whose wife Hannah had recently died, and he hired Marianne as a housekeeper in November of 1866. A month later, when James's baby John died of gastric fever, mm. he turned to his housekeeper Marianne for comfort, <laughs> and she became pregnant very quickly. Oh, Lord. Then, Marianne's mother became ill with hepatitis, so she immediately went to be with her. Although her mother began to recover, she also soon began to complain of stomach pains. She died at the age of 54 in the spring of 1867, nine days after Marianne's arrival. In 1867, Marianne's stepfather, George Stott, remarried to his widowed neighbor, Hannah Paley, and then Marianne's daughter, Isabella Mowbray, was brought back to the Robinson household, and she soon also developed severe stomach pains and died, as did two of Robinson's children, Elizabeth and James. Hmm. All three children were buried in the last week of April and the first week of May, and Marianne received a life insurance payment of five pounds on Isabella. Robinson married Marianne at St. Michael's Bishop Wearmouth on August 11th, 1867, and their first child, Margaret Isabella, was born that November. There's a lot of Margarets. She keeps naming her kids. Margaret, Margaret Isabella, Margaret Jane, Margaret, Margaret, Margaret. Every Margaret. Maybe it's just because she's like, I keep having many children. You know what? I'm just going to call them all Margaret. Yeah. Like when kids have goldfish, they're right. just, you know, like, this is Bubbles 1, and this is Bubbles 17 now. Yep. So... You know, Margaret Isabella was born that November, but then she became ill and died February of 1868. Then their second child, George, was born June 18, 1869. Robinson, meanwhile, had become a bit suspicious when Marianne became insistent that he take a policy out on his life. He also had discovered that she had run up debts of 60 pounds behind his back and had stolen more than 50 pounds that he had been expecting that she had been expected to put in the bank. Uh, he was giving her money to put uh -huh. in the bank and she was nay. Then he found yeah. out that Marianne had been forcing his older children to pawn household items. So he threw her out and kept custody of their son, George, which lucky kid. Yeah. On to number four, she goes. But at this point, Marianne, desperate living on the streets until her friend, Margaret Cotton, no relationship, no, no relation, <laughs> introduced her to her brother Frederick, a pit man and recent widower living in Wallbottle, Northumberland, who had lost 
two of his four children. Margaret had been helping him with his remaining children, Frederick Jr. and Charles, but in late March 1870, she died from an undetermined stomach ailment, which left Marianne to console the grieving Frederick Sr., and very shortly after, her 12th pregnancy was underway. That is too many. Frederick and Marianne were married on September 17, 1870, at St. Andrews, Newcastle-upon-Tyne. Bigamously, however, because she was still married to James Robinson. Oh. But whatevs. Remember, he just threw her out. Yeah, They're not divorced, right? right? Um, and then... Frederick and Marianne's son Robert was born early 1871. Soon after his birth, however, Marianne learned that a former lover of hers, Joseph Natras, the married guy, was living about 30 miles away in County Durham, in the County Durham village of West Auckland, and he was no longer married. Hmm. She rekindled that romance and persuaded her new family to move to be closer to him, and wouldn't you know it? Her husband, Frederick Cotton, died in December of that year from gastric fever. No. Yes. Weird. So insurance had been taken out on his life and those of his sons. After Frederick's death, her lover, Joseph Natras, became Marianne's lodger, for the sake of propriety, of course. And she got a job as a nurse to an excise officer recovering from the smallpox. Here things get a little fucky. Some sources have this excise officer's name as John Quick Manning, though there appears to be no trace of anyone by that name Hmm. in the records of the West Auckland Brewery where he worked or in the National Archives. The census records then were also pretty fucky, so who knows. But there was a Richard Quick Man found in the records, and he was a custom and excise man specializing in breweries, so this is probably the real name of Marianne's next lover. Ah. Anywho, Marianne shortly became pregnant by him with her 13th child. Son of a... Frederick Jr. died in March 1872, and then the infant Robert soon after. Then, Natris came down with the old gastric fever and died just after revising his will in Marianne's favor. Lots of sick tummies here. Yeah, the insurance policy Marianne had taken out on the still-living Charles's life still awaited collection. (laughs) Like, Marianne, girl, this is getting a wee bit out of fucking hand. She was just legit deleting people. Just, just, like, we delete shitty pictures on our phone. Just delete, delete, delete. She's like, I'm over it. Goodbye. Mm Mm-hmm. Marianne's downfall, however, came when a parish official, Thomas Riley, asked her to help nurse a woman who was ill with the smallpox. She was like, ooh, I totally would to love to, but um, I've got this, you know. I'd love to, but I don't want to. I've got this last surviving son of my fourth husband, seven-year-old Charles Edward Cotton. Uh Uh-oh. He's still in my care. So she asked Riley if uh, if he could be committed to the workhouse. Oh, great. Riley, who also served as West Auckland's assistant coroner, said, okay, but you need to go with him. He's seven. (laughs) And she then told him that the boy was sickly and added, I won't be troubled long. He'll go like all the rest of the cottons. And wouldn't you fucking know it? Five days later, Marianne told uh, Riley that the boy had indeed died. Riley was like, "Mm, no. It's... No, 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 no. Madam. Way too convenient. Madam. 
and he went to the village police and asked the doctor to delay writing the death certificate for the boy until the circumstances could be investigated. Marianne's first visit after Charles's death was not to the doctor, of course not, but it was to the insurance office. There she discovered that no money would be paid out until the death certificate was issued. An inquest was held, and the jury returned a verdict of natural causes. Marianne claimed to have used arrow arrowroot hmm. to relieve the boy's tummy illness and said that Riley had made accusations against her because she had rejected his advances. After this, the local newspaper latched onto the story and discovered that Miss Marianne had moved around northern England, lost three husbands, a lover, a friend, her mother, and 11 children. That is so many. All of whom had died of stomach fevers. Suspect. Highly fucking questionable. Okay, so there's 11 children, three husbands, and how many other people? So there's three husbands. Yeah. Her lover, Natris. Okay. Uh, her friend, Margaret. Yeah. Who she had got rid of so that she could yeah. be with her brother. Uh-huh. Her mother. Yeah. And 11 children. Okay. Right. 17. So rumor led to suspicion and then to scientific investigation. Doctor, I would hope. Right. Dr. William Byers Kilburn, who had, had attended to Charles Cotton, had kept samples, and the test showed that they contained arsenic. There it is. Yep. Some guys just can't hold their arsenic. <laughs> so Kilburn told the police who arrested Marianne and got permission for the exhumation of Charles's body. She was charged with his murder, although the trial was delayed until after the delivery in Durham Gall on January 7, 1873, of her 13th and final child, whom she named Margaret Edith Quick Manning Cotton. Jeez. Yeah, because remember her, the guy, the excise manager knocked her up too. Yeah. So. Marianne's trial began on March 5th, 1873. There had been a delay due to an issue in the selection of prosecution counsel. A Mr. Aspinwall was first considered, but the Attorney General, Sir John Duke Coleridge, whose decision it was, chose his friend and protege, Charles Russell. Russell's appointment over Aspinwall led to a question in the House of Commons. However, it was accepted, and Russell conducted the prosecution. The Cotton case was the first of several famous poisoning cases that he would be involved in during his career. And I was going to tell you about those, but I've decided that I will tell you about those at a later date. (laughs) So the defense in the case was handled by Thomas Campbell Foster, who argued during the trial that young Charles had died from inhaling arsenic used as a dye in the green wallpaper of the cotton home. Ah, yes. Sounds real fucking safe. That green wallpaper. Yep. Here's the thing. Huge fucking problem. Toys contained arsenic. Everything. Baby carriages laced with arsenic. Literally everything had fucking arsenic in it. It was the precursor to radium being in everything. Exactly. So Campbell Foster also argued that it was possible that the chemist who had been giving her the arrowroot Mm -hmm. had mistakenly used arsenic powder instead of bismuth powder, which is used to treat diarrhea when preparing a bottle for... Marianne for cotton. Bismol. That's why that's a thing. Highly unlikely. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm like, nice try, nice attempt at digging yourself out of a hole. Nice try. But But what about the other nearly two dozen people? (sighs) Yeah. 
that are dead. Like one, one, one. I could be like, yeah, okay, right. I can see that. But there are seventeen bodies. So Joseph, uh, the police had exhumed the body of Cotton's last lover, Joseph Natris, who had died shortly before her stepson. And wouldn't you know it, they found unmistakable symptoms of poison. The jury deliberated for 90 minutes before returning a verdict of guilty as charged. Yeah. The Times reported on March 20th, after conviction, the wretched woman exhibited strong emotion, but this gave place in a few hours to her habitual cold, reserved demeanor. And while she harbors a strong conviction that the royal clemency will be extended towards her, she staunchly asserts her innocence of the crime that she has been convicted of. Marianne Cotton was hanged at the Durham County Gall on March 24, 1873, by William Calcraft. She died not from her neck breaking, but by strangulation caused by the rope being rigged too short, possibly on purpose. Woof. A journalist described the scene by saying, Mrs. Cotton, who scowled fiercely and with an air of defiance at the crowd, and who muttered constantly but indistinctly, took her place upon the drop with a remarkable composure then the wretched woman was launched into eternity of marianne's 13 children only two survived her margaret edith uh born in 1873 died in 1954 and her son george from her marriage to james robinson not much is known about him marianne never confessed to any of the deaths and the number of her victims is uncertain though most sources believe it's around 21 some claim that she was Britain's first female serial killer. Other women had been previously hanged for poisoning multiple people. However, Marianne was widely regarded as the country's deadliest killer. That is, until Harold Shipman, who was thought to have murdered as many ah, yes. as 260 people in the late 20th century. But Yo. that is a story for another time. Harold fucking Shipman. And that is the story of the Black Widow, Miss Marianne Cotton. Very nice. Yes. My sources are Wiki, Murderpedia, All That's Interesting, Genevieve Carlton, and Britannica. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, that wallpaper. Yes. Is William Morris wallpaper. Yes. Uh, it is this, and I love it. It's one of my favorite colors, too. Oh, it's it. great. Uh, but, you know, just a recreation. I don't need arsenic-laced walls. No, I'm good. It was also in dresses. Uh, like, beautiful green dresses. Oh, yes, it was in the dresses. That were also, um, they will kill you. 100%. Yeah. And I am doing some math right now. So when you see Victorian antiques and they are a certain shade of green, do not touch with your hands. <laughs> she was 41 at the time of her death. Okay. I meant to put that in there and I forgot. Um, Just look with your eyes. Yeah. There, there is a photo of her. Oh. There's a photograph of Miss Marianne. And, you know, she got a lot of play. You know, uh... Miss Marianne was a plain lady. Was she a, a handsome woman? She was a handsome woman. Okay. Oh. She okay. was, but, right? Just very, yeah? Yeah. N not, not, not the, not the, uh, you know, black widow that seems to be able to take any man she wants and yeah. get them to 
transfer over everything to her, but... I really... This is an unfortunate artist rendering oh, of I know. her, this one. Mm-hmm. It's just rude. Yeah, yeah. But that photograph, I mean, she she was yeah. a handsome woman. She was a, a handsome woman. I could, I could see that being a term used. Right. Handsome. So... I was like, damn, she got a lot of play. Oh. Let's look at you, Miss Marianne. Oh, oh. All right, girl. Oh, there's there's a okay. movie. There's a movie. There is. There was a there was a mini series made. Yes. Dark Angel. Yes. Mini series made, I believe, on the BBC. Yep. So there is that. There's a thing. So two part drama. Mm, drama. Okay. Drama. Joanne Froggett. Yes. From Downton Abbey plays her. Yes. Which is She's more than a handsome woman. She is more than a handsome woman. She is quite lovely. Right. I'm, quite. I'm, sure, I'm sure Marianne had a lovely disposition. Did she? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to... I, I, see, I see what you were trying to do. I'm not trying to be an asshole and say she was ugly or anything. Yeah, you know? like, if I could, like, with poison, historical poisonings, like, if you have a real shitty husband that's like i'm gonna just punch you all the time yes yeah poison his ass i get it she was just fucking deleting babies children she was her just own. like she's like hmm, yeah no let's get rid of you 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 she's like i don't know why i did this again right now the poison col- for everybody the cholera and the typhoid was 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 a thing yeah. there it but. Was, but this is excessive at fucking bad like girl yeah girl I thought it, it at first. I was like, "Is it going to be one of those stories where I'm like, good for her?" It was not. No, it wasn't. No, no, doesn't sound like anyone really deserved her fucking shenanigans. Truly, did not. Yeah, I'm not Truly trying to not. like handsome woman shame or anything, but yeah, she doesn't look like she should have gotten that much play. But I mean, hey, you know what? Vagina devil magic. It one hundred. Hundo p. Vagina devil magic. Hundo p. Always a thing. Hundo p. Yeah. So. But, uh, oh, Marianne. Oh, Marianne. Oh, Marianne. So, the babies. So just... many of them, too. She's like, ugh, God, you're crying. Take this. She's like, you know right? what? Instead of leaving it on a the stoop of a church or something, she's just like, oh, that means I have to walk all the way over there. Just, I'm just going to chew on this piece of wallpaper. Here you go. <laughs> There's this lovely green rattle. It's definitely not a bottle oh, of arsenic. Bless it. This is before, you know, childproof caps and everything. She's like, here, touch whatever you want. Lick it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I really she... don't. If you die, you die. Just straight up. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Marianne. Terrible. Yeah. So just... she just, yeah, just poison for you. Poison for you. The Oprah of poison. Oprah of arsenic. That is arsenic for you, arsenic for you. Here's some arsenic for that baby. Yeah, Lord. So she was like, fuck them kids. (laughs) Then then (laughs) ma'am. Madam. Stop having them. Yeah. 13. It's too many. 13. It's too many. She's like, oh, God. All right, well, let's get rid of this one. Right? 13. 13. Two survived. Two. One, just because she was hung yeah. while the child was an infant, yep. and the other one was left with his father, yeah. who survived. 
Yeah. So, whew. Anywho, well. So many babies. There's a yawn. We done done it, y'all. We did done do it. <laughs> you yawned too. <laughs> I did. We done done it, y'all. We did done do it. So, uh, y'all know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. Share, share, share. Mm-hmm. If you would like some exclusive motherfucking content, go become a patron on our little patroon. Yeah, go to the little patroon <laughs> and, and pa- become a patroonian. Patroonian. Be a patroonian. And yeah. go follow us on all of our social medias. Yeah, you should do that. And uh, remember, we're going to be live and in person in Auburn, Washington. October 8th and 9th. And fucking win them tickets, guys. Come on. Not me. I wasn't, I wasn't invited. That is absolute horseshit. <laughs> you can come if you want. That was yeah, absolute was, horseshit. That was an extra bed. That was absolute horseshit. You know you were invited. I didn't think you'd want to go. I wasn't invited. Stick into that story. Mm. Mm-hmm. Someone is telling vile and odious lies. Vile and odious lies. Um, well, go ahead. Do your spiel. Do your thing now. I'm so tired. All right. Well... Go do the devices. I'll do the devices. Go Thank to you. go to your local whatever. Go Best Buy. Go to Target. Wherever. And if, whatever. Go. There's subscribe. one of them out there somewhere. Go subscribe to all our, our. Go subscribe on all of them. All of the things. All of the iPads. All of the phones. Film yourself doing what is it? Five. Five. Yes. And we'll send you something. Yeah. We'll send you something. And then, you know, tell us why you think you should have free tickets to the Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest for the weekend. And In your video. In your video. Or, you know, just you can put it on Instagram. You can put it on Facebook. You can put it on TikTok. Um, just, you know, tag us in it so we see it. And then we can enter you into the contest so you can win some free tickets. Correct. Free tickets also, sounds good. if you don't feel like making a video and you just want to buy them, you can do that. You can do that too. Go to the website, pnwtruecrimefest.com, and then pick whatever tickets you want and use our promo code GHOSTS15 mm-hmm. at checkout. Yeah, to and get then 15% off your tickets. Go listen to the Anytime Now podcast. Yeah. Oh, thank you for doing it's that. It's a kids' You're history welcome. podcast. It's, it's super it's rad. You can go to, and what is it? Honesthistory.co. .co. And if you do .com, it'll still take you there, apparently. Yeah. Honesthistorymag.com will take you and there. And if you enter promo code G, as in ghosts, N, as in N, H, as in hose, you'll get 10% off. Uh-huh. There yep. you go. There you go. All right. Well, thank you for doing my promos for me. You guys. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. someday you'll just record them and plug them in. <laughs> but <laughs> I like your I like your chuckle. Still not that today is still not that day. If we're gonna do that, we should record all of our normal things and then I I'll just drop that. it in as a tag. There you go. Yeah. You can. But then. But then. But then. But then. But then. Go on. No, we well, she's just going to keep saying, but then. <laughs> but then. But then. But what if I like to change it up? You don't. I do, sometimes. We have recorded how many of these episodes together? I can. You many. ready? You ready? Okay. Well, we done done it, y'all. <laughs> you know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe, share, share, share. If you'd like some exclusive motherfucking content, go become a patron on our Patreon. <laughs> Wow, somebody knows me. (laughs) It's not just him. It's not just him.
Somebody actually made a mock-up of a shirt and sent it to me on Instagram. That was that that whole thing. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. I gotta see that right now. That's fucking amazing. Hang on, I gotta find it. Oh, that's incredible. That's fucking amazing. Rob, if you're listening, I think somebody wants that to be a thing. That's that fucking put amazing. On their body. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's I'll, I'll even I'll do the closeout for you too. That's I'll I'll do both sides hilarious. of the closeout. Do it. Okay. Um <clears throat> Oh no, it's the I'm sorry, it's the beginning. The be- the opening oh, to the show. Oh, okay. Still funny. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah, guys. yeah. Um Hang on, I gotta remember how you weed into it. Uh, well, shit. All right, is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, until next time, hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye, bye. Hats, Hats off, off to, to the, the fuck, fuck you club. club. That was real good. That was real good. Today, today, uh, fuck you, Marianne Cotton. Yeah. You- Killed a lot of innocent people and children and babies that came out of your womb lands. <laughs> for, for as little as I'm on TikTok, I know. Right? That, that was a chupacabra hole I spent entirely Jesus too much time going down. Right. But yes. Fuck you, Bob. Fuck you, Ted. Always. Kimberly can't read. No. Fuck you, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. And we're fucking out. Bye. Bye. Butt stuff. <laughs> Always. Never. <laughs>